Well, what is up, everybody? Welcome to God Squad Church. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Pastor Baz. I'm the Midlothian and online campus pastor here at God Squad Church. And I get to bring you guys a message this week, and I'm super excited to be able to do this because we've been running through a series. If you have not been here the past couple of weeks, or maybe this is your first time here, something has changed a little bit at God Squad Church. We have not changed our vision for the church. However, we have changed our vision statement. Our vision statement used to be leading gamers from virtual life to eternal life, and we have changed now to gamers winning together. We truly believe that there's a lot of communities out there where people are losing in different aspects of their life, and unfortunately with gamers, uh, there's a lot of places that we're losing in, in, in their life. I know that even me, myself, I'm not winning in every single aspect of my life. Gamers are seen as maybe not being super physically fit, Maybe they're, they're being uh, hindered in their, their job. Maybe they feel like they're losing in their relationships and in their lives. And so we wanted to do something to change our vision statement, that gamers win together, that we will win together, and that with Jesus we can continue having victory. Now, society tells us something very interesting. Society tells us that it's okay to win if you're hindering everybody else. You're stepping all over them. You're using them as a pedestal to elevate yourself, put yourself in the lead. You don't even have to win just as long as you can make everybody else lose. Then you can win. And society will tell you, you can get that car. You can get that job. You can get that promotion. You can get that raise. But here's the problem. Society doesn't tell you something. And the reason why society doesn't tell you is because they don't even know that all these types of winning is just winning temporarily. See, the Bible tells us something completely different. The Word of God tells us to not do those things, that we need to be serving others, loving other people, and if we're doing that, that we can win for eternity, which is completely different than temporarily. You can win for eternity. I want to give you guys two examples of uh, what society says is okay to do. We didn't pick on Brother Jimmy last week. So I decided this week we're going to pick on Brother Jimmy just a little bit. Brother Jimmy, you know that guy. He's, he's the one when you're sitting in class, he's the guy in the back of the classroom. He's got his eyes closed. He's just daydreaming, whatever. He's got his headphones on, not listening to what the teacher says at all. Maybe he's that person at your job that you know that he just doesn't do that much, but yet he makes himself get out somehow. He makes himself look better. And as the teacher's walking around, she says, I'm going to give you a project to do, and you're going to be put with somebody else. And you're sitting there in your chair, and you're crossing your fingers saying, not Brother Jimmy, not Brother Jimmy, not Brother Jimmy. And the teacher walks over and says, you're going to be paired up with who, who else? Brother Jimmy. And you say, God, why aren't you answering my prayers today? Because you know that you're going to be the person that goes to the store. You know you're going to be the one writing all the definitions. Brother Jimmy might give you an idea, but it's a really bad idea, so you're not even going to go with it anyways, and you're going to do everything. Write up the blueprints. Write up everything that you need to do. And then when you're in front of your boss or your teacher, you're going to present everything, and you're going to say every single little thing on there, and Brother Jimmy's just going to point to it. The majority of the time, the teacher comes over and says, here's what the grade you guys both get. You did all of the work, but yet Brother Jimmy is getting the same grade as you anyways. Another example I want to give, since we're all gamers here, if you are in the room physically here, or if you're online, if you're in the room physically, put up your hand if you own this game, and if you are 
online, put a PogChamp in the chat if you own this game, because it's, it's an amazing game. But if you own Fall Guys, raise your hand or put a po everybody in here, 100%. Everybody owns Fall Guys. It's a great game. Put the PogChamps in chat. I love this game so much. I've put over 25 hours into it, and it's only been out, it hasn't even been out for two weeks yet. I just love this game. Now, here's the thing with Fall Guys. It actually is exactly what society says it's okay to do. You can pull on other people. You can push them on the ground. You, can literally, you literally walk all over other people to get yourself in the first place. There's 60 people. They're pitted together. You go through a bunch of minigames. You don't want to get eliminated, but you want everybody else to be eliminated. And it's okay because you want to get in first place. However... There is one game in there, and it's called Rock and Roll, and I'll give Susie credit for this. He brought it to my attention and said, this, this is a pretty good game. might work for this. There's, I'll tell you guys essentially what it is. There's three balls, three different colors, yellow, red, and blue, and it's very simple. Your whole team just rolls the ball to the end goal. That, that's all it is. You just have to roll your ball to the end goal and be the first or second team to be able to do it. There is a little bit of a catch, though. There's some obstacles that you got to go around at the beginning, but about 50% of the way through, your ball drops off a little bit of ledge, and it opens up to a whole new territory. It's a little bit downhill, but now everything is open, and you can go to the other team's balls, and you can push them backwards. People are pulling you off of your own ball. They're trying to push your own ball backwards as you're trying to push it over them, and literally, it's absolute chaos. You're throwing people on the ground. You're trying to push them out of the way. You're diving into other people and you're trying to make the other team lose so that you can win. Once again, that's what society says it's okay to do. I love Fall Guys, but society says that this is okay to do in real life. And so today I've entitled my sermon, You Win When You Help Others Win. This is something completely different than what society tells us to do. And so I want to bring you guys a few points today and the first point that I wanted to give to you guys is that you are called to love all. You are called to love all people. So I want to read for you guys. It comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. And it says this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love. Serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. I think Paul is trying to get across two points here. If, and it comes from verse 13. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. There's two things he's trying to get. He's saying here that when you accept Jesus Christ, you are free. You are free from your sins. You have freedom in Jesus Christ. However, there's a lot of people out there, this is not how salvation works, and this is what Paul warns us against doing, is to have a plan to sin and then say, well, it's okay if I do it because then I can just ask God for forgiveness. It's planned out. That's not how salvation is supposed to work. Last week, Pastor Susie was talking about how when you accept Jesus Christ, that you want to obey him, that you want to obey his commands, you want to go after him, not have a plan to sin, 
and then eventually just say, well, it's okay if I do that because then I can just ask for forgiveness later. It's all right. Paul says, no, that's not how it's supposed to work. But I think he's trying to get across something else here because right after that, he says, but through love, serve one another. He's saying, don't use your freedom to put others backwards, to hinder other people. I've seen a lot of people sometimes who say, well, I'm a little bit better than you. I know Jesus. I'm saved. Obviously, I'm better. That's not, that's not what it's about. None of us deserve Jesus Christ. None of us do. And so people put themselves above other people. They're hindering other people. They're making them feel bad about themselves, and they're trying to make them lose when Paul is saying, no, show love to those people. Something that I love about my wife, and those of you that know her or seen her in my stream, she's an extremely bubbly person. Some people would say she's too bubbly. <laughs> I don't think so. She's amazing, though. She's the most kind and genuine person I've ever met in my entire life. And I won't say that what she does in this area really triggers me, but it's something that I don't necessarily do. You know how when you guys are walking into a store and you open up the door, I know during COVID-19 you can't really do this, but you open up the door, you look behind you, and you see if somebody's there, but there's that awkward distance where when you look behind you and the person is at that distance where if you shut the door, it's going to look like you're closing it in their face. However, if you stand there and you open up the door for them, for them to walk through, it's just a little bit too long that it starts feeling a little bit awkward, like maybe I should have just walked through the door. Has anybody ever had that happen to them? I know that I have, and it happens to me on a regular basis. My wife, on the other hand, she's the person, she will go up, she will open up the door, she will look all the way to the back of the parking lot, and she'll see one person who's walking towards the door. And she will stand there, and she will wait for that person to get all the way to the door. And I'm like, girl, if we went into the store, we could get all of our supplies, we could get all of our food, we could go through the checkout line, talk to multiple people, and we will still be able to get to that door and hold it open for him because he's that far away. The thing is, though, is as this person is walking through, he might not even notice that she's been opening it up for such a long time. You might not even notice that she's been standing there for the past 15 minutes holding the door, and he'll or she will say, thank you very much, walk through the door. But here's the thing. When you're showing this kind of compassion continuously to people, when you're showing this love to other people, you're going to start to have a little bit of a... You're going you're gonna to be able to show them who Jesus Christ is. You see, when we become Christians, we are called by God to reflect the love of Jesus Christ, to show the love of Jesus Christ to all people, no matter who it is. I don't care if you have somebody that you don't like. I don't care if it's your enemy, that person in school that you really don't feel like that you can trust anymore. He asks us to love all people. And then you might get that one person that when you're showing that compassion and you're showing that love, they might come up to you and say, why did, why did you show that love to me? I'm really not that worth it. Why would you show that much compassion for one person? And you can say to them, let me tell you a story about somebody that had that much compassion for me. Let me tell you a story about somebody that had that much love for me. It gives you an opportunity to tell them about Jesus Christ. 
So when you're serving others, you are winning because you're doing what God has told you to do, but now you're helping others win as well. You're not pushing them backwards, but now you're walking beside them, helping them understand the love of Jesus Christ and what Jesus has done for them in their life. I want to bring you guys to my, my second point. And so if you guys could flip to the book of Mark, chapter 9. I have a lot of, lot of gospel messages in here today, so we'll get through them. The second point is that we are not just called to love all, but that we are called to serve all people. We are called to serve everyone. So I want to read for you guys from Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 37. And I love this story. And the reason why is because the disciples and Jesus, when they're all together, I always felt like they were like best friends. When I, when I was in high school, I would walk with people on the streets. I was what, you know, those old people, they would say, those hoodlums. No, we'd be walking down the street. We'd be laughing with each other, nudging each other, making cracking jokes, getting arguments every once in a while. But we were all friends because we connected on a deeper basis. And that's what I feel like the disciples and Jesus Christ were like because they were with each other for multiple years, connecting with each other, being with each other. And so we get to verse 33 of chapter 9 in the book of Mark, and it says this. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? Now, Jesus already knew what they were discussing on the way. I, I, I don't even understand how they didn't know already what they were discussing, but he already knew what they were discussing, whether he heard them or he read their minds. He's Jesus. He's God. He knows everything. What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. I can only imagine how this argument went. You have Peter, he's walking down, he goes, guys, you remember two months ago when Jesus called me out onto the water? Oh, man, Jesus, he called me. On, I had the faith to step out of that boat, and I walked on water. And Matthew's over there, and he's like, Peter, you sank after like three steps. It really wasn't that amazing. You lost your faith right when the wind kicked up. And Peter says, yeah, but Matthew, he called me to walk out on the water. Man, Jesus thinks I'm pretty great. And you got John over there. And John, the only reason why we think John wrote the book of John is because he's the only disciple that's not actually mentioned in the book. Everybody else is mentioned, but then there's that one person called the beloved one. He's the beloved disciple. So John says, yeah, Peter, it's really cool you walked on water and all. You did sink, but, uh, you know, me and Jesus, we got this thing. He, we're, we're pretty tight. We're like, we're best friends. I'm the beloved one. It's obvious that I'm the greatest. And so all the disciples are arguing. James is his brother. They all have their reasons of why they're the greatest. And we hit verse 35. In Jesus, it says, And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all. Now, this already blows the disciples away. What do you mean? When I'm playing fall, guys, does that mean I need to get in 60th place to get in first place? That doesn't actually make any sense. But Jesus wasn't done. He also said, And servant of all. And he took a child and put, put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, 
Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. What is Jesus saying here? He puts a small child in the midst of all of them. And he says, I don't care who you are. I don't care, Peter, that you walked on water. I don't care, John, that you think you're the beloved one. It doesn't matter. If you would serve this child, if you would serve all people, that's what matters to me. It doesn't matter what their status is. It doesn't matter if they're poor, if they're wealthy, if they're young, if they're old. It doesn't matter what their gender is. You are called to serve all people no matter what. And you might be thinking to yourself, how can I do that? There's that person in my family that I just don't get along with. My friend, he, he made fun of me last week. I can't serve those people. I can't serve my enemy. That person's been coming at me and bullying me ever since I was five years old. How am I supposed to serve that person? But Jesus says to serve all people, no matter who they are. One thing I love about Jesus Christ, though, is he doesn't just give examples, but he is an example. So I'm going to turn you guys to Mark, or sorry, John, chapter 13, verses 5 through 12. And it says this, Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Peter's the one that's always putting his foot in his mouth. He realizes when he opens up his mouth, he probably shouldn't have spoken in the first place because Jesus always reprimands him in some way. And so he says, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. I love the interaction that's going on here because Peter is going to reply. Jesus will reply and Peter comes back again. And it says, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Peter immediately changes his tune. He says, in verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. First he's saying, you are not going to wash my feet. Jesus says, you can't have any part with me. Then clean my entire body. I want more of you, Jesus. Peter still doesn't understand what Jesus is trying to give as an example here. Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you, Peter, are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? Now, I want you guys to understand something about washing of the feet. This isn't like somebody came up to Jesus and they took off his Nikes and he took off his socks and he showed his feet. 
kind of dirty. Maybe there's some toe fungus there, and Jesus goes to wash his feet. No, this is a little bit more disgusting. These people were walking on dirt roads. There was packed dirt in there, and things that they stepped in that you would throw your shoe out for, they would step in it with their bare feet or maybe even sandals. And Jesus was saying, let me wash your feet. So Jesus, he gets down on one knee. Peter, come, let me wash your feet. And he washes the feet of Peter. He's like, John, please come, let me wash your feet. John comes and he washes the feet of John. Matthew, please, let me wash your feet. And he washes the feet of Matthew. And then the next person in line, the next person in line is Judas. And if you guys don't know who Judas Iscariot is, Judas Iscariot is the one that betrayed Jesus. He was the one that essentially got the wheels in motion for Jesus to go to the cross. Jesus had every right because he knew that Judas was going to betray him. So he had every right to get up and say, Judas, get out. You have no part with me. I know your dealings while we've been with each other for the past few years. And I know that you're going to betray me as well. I'm not washing your feet. Jesus didn't do that, though. What did he do? He got down on one knee. Judas, let me wash your feet. And he washes the feet of Judas. I have a question for you guys today. Whose feet do you need to wash today? Whose feet do you need to wash today? Because it tells us that we are supposed to serve all people, no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's that person that stabbed you in the back. Like I said, Jesus had somebody that just betrayed him, literally stabbing him in the back, and yet he still washed his feet anyways. Maybe it's that person in your family that really irritates you. You just don't get along with them. Like I said before, that person in school that's bullying you since a young age. Maybe it's that friend who made fun of you the other day, and you guys are in a bit of a rift right now. Serve all people. That's what we are called to do. I want to bring one last point to you guys. Is that we are called to love people. We're called to serve all people. There's one last thing that we're called to. We're all called to grace. So I want you guys to turn in your Bibles. If you have them, it will also be on the screen to Matthew chapter 20. Now, I'm going to give you a summary of the beginning of this story, and essentially what happens is Jesus is telling a parable. And during this parable, what a parable is, it's a story that Jesus would tell, and essentially at the end he would have a, uh, something where he would teach you something. Whether it was more about him, you would be able to understand more about the kingdom. He was trying to make you understand something. And so he starts this parable, and he says there's an owner, and a bunch of people come to him throughout the entire day to work in his vineyard. And so he has people come to him early in the morning, and he looks at them, and he says, I will give you this much to work in my vineyard for the rest of the day. Let's go and work in my vineyard. He comes to the next person. I'll give you this amount of money if you work in my vineyard. And he goes and works in the vineyard. He has people come in the afternoon. Please, I will give you this money, and you can go work in my vineyard. And then he has people come in the last hour of the night, the very final hour. And he says, I'll give you this amount of money, and you can go and work in my vineyard. 
So everybody's working in the vineyard. They all come back to the owner, and the owner starts with the last one that came, the one that only worked one hour. And he says, here's a denarius. Denarius was the form of money that they were using. He said, here's one denarius. Thank you for working in my vineyard today. Goes to the next person that came in the last hour. Here's the denarius. Thank you for your work today. Goes to the people in the afternoon. Here's the denarius. Thank you for your hard work today. Goes to the next person in the afternoon. Here's the denarius. Thank you for your hard work today. Then he gets to the morning person. The morning person is like, I've been here for like 12 hours. That person, he worked one hour. I'm obviously going to get a little bit more. I did a lot more work than those people. I'm obviously going to get more than that. And the owner walks over to him and says, here's a denarius. Thank you for your hard work today. Pick up in verse 11. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, these last people worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. You're telling me that this person who worked in the cool of the night, he only worked one hour, that he's going to receive the same exact amount of me? That's not fair. How dare you? Owner replies in verse 13, but he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. And then Jesus, or sorry, verse 15, am I not allowed to do with what I choose, with what belongs to me, or do you begrudge my generosity? And then Jesus says, So the last will be first, and the first last. What is Jesus trying to get across here? He's trying to say, it doesn't matter how long you've been working for me. You can have somebody that gets saved at the age of six and somebody that gets saved when they're on their deathbed. They're still going to receive the same grace that Jesus Christ can give to those people. They're still going to receive the grace of Jesus Christ no matter what. No matter how old they are, no matter how much work they've done, they're still going to receive grace. Now let me give you guys the definition of grace. If unworthy Seraph came up here and he punched me in the face, what does he deserve back? I saw him throw a punch back there behind the computer. What would happen if he did that? What does he deserve? He deserves for me to put up my fists and punch him in the face. However... I'm going to show him mercy. I'm not going to punch him in the face. I'm not going to give him something that he deserves. Grace takes it, takes it one step farther. Seraph comes up, punches me in the face. I'm not going to punch him in the face. I'm not going to give him what he deserves. Seraph, yoke fellow, let me take you out for some ice cream. Let me buy you some ice cream. He's giving me a thumbs up back there. <laughs> let me take you out some, for, for some ice cream. Let me give you something that you don't deserve. And that's what Jesus Christ did for us. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he went to the cross specifically so that we didn't have to go to hell, something that we all deserve because of our sin. When we get in front of the Father, we can't have sin in our lives. And so Jesus went to the cross specifically so that we wouldn't get what we deserve. However, Jesus takes it one step further and says, Let me give you something that you don't deserve. Why don't you come 
and spend an eternity with me in paradise. Let me give you some grace. And the funny thing is that we are already receiving, when we're here on earth, grace from God. The ability to be able to use our gifts and our talents for him is his grace for us. The fact that we're able to not only serve others, but to be able to serve an all-powerful God, an all-righteous God, that is his grace upon us. I truly believe that every single person, I have heard so many times when I talk with people, I just don't have any talents. I just don't have any gifts. Every single person has been given a gift from God. Every single person has a talent that they've been given. Maybe you just haven't found it yet. But I promise you, when you do find it, it's for his purpose, for his glory. And man, is it fulfilling when you do it. It's his grace that's upon you, and you will feel fulfilled when you're doing it for the kingdom of God. I have one more verse with, for you guys that I want to share. It comes from Mark chapter 10, verse 45. It says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ had a part in making the entire world. He helped to make the entire universe. Yet, he didn't come to be served. He had every right to come down into this world and to be a king. He had every right to come down and tell everybody what to do, where to go, have authority over a nation, lead nation to, the nation to victory. But he didn't. He came to serve others. He came to be an example for us in our lives and how we're supposed to serve other people as well. But the biggest and greatest service that Jesus did for us was that he paid a debt that we could not pay. We all have sins in our lives. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus Christ came specifically to free us from those sins, to cleanse us and our hearts from what we've done. Jesus Christ came to this earth and he lived a completely pure, perfect life, serving other people, loving other people, showing us how we're supposed to live our lives. And even though he did nothing wrong, he still had to go to the cross anyways. Because when he spilled his blood on the cross, our hearts could be purified. Our hearts could be as white as snow with no crimson red stains on it because of Jesus. And then three days later, after he died on the cross, he rose from the grave, showing that the grave could not hold him back, showing that death could not hold him down, showing that sin could no longer hold him back either, and he broke through that so that we could repent of our sins and we can go to God the Father and say, Father, forgive me. We can ask for forgiveness because of what Jesus Christ did for us. So we can receive his mercy and his grace. Because if we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts and live for him, he promises us something. He says, you can be with me for all of eternity, his grace, his mercy upon us. So I want to give you the opportunity right now, if you're listening right now, 
Maybe you're that person, you've accepted Jesus Christ, but you know you're that person that's been hindering other people, making them lose so that you could elevate yourself. It's okay to step on other people as long as I'm elevating myself. Maybe you've been doing that for a long time. Or maybe you're that person who accepted Jesus Christ and it's been a while since you and Jesus has really connected. Maybe there's a lot of sin, you've gotten entangled in something, you've been doing something for such a long time and you just feel like there's no way out of it and you're trying so hard, but it's also hindering your relationship with Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to rededicate your life today to Jesus Christ. But maybe you're here and you're listening and you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your life at all. You're saying, I don't even know how to get to that point of accepting Jesus Christ. But if you want to accept Jesus Christ today, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. This is something that can give you life, that can give you joy, that can show you what love really is, what peace really is, what comfort is. When you accept Jesus Christ, you can experience all of those things and receive his mercy and his grace. And so I want to ask you today, if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, or if you want to ask Jesus into your heart for the first time, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross, and I believe that he rose from the dead. Jesus, I receive your grace, your mercy, and your salvation. Jesus, I commit my life to you. Come and live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people that are just accepting Jesus Christ for the very first time in their life, saying yes to Jesus or those that are rededicating their life? Hey, I want you to do something bold right now. If you are in the chat right now or if you're in the room, if you have rededicated your life, I'm going to count down from three. If you rededicate your life or you've accepted Jesus Christ in your life for the first time, I'm going to count down from three. And when I say one, if you are here physically, I want you to shoot your hand in the air. And if you are online, I want you to type yes in the chat right now, but don't hit that enter button yet because we're all going to do it together. If you have accepted Jesus Christ or you have rededicated your life, put a yes in the chat in three, in two, and one. And let's see it. Let's see those yeses and those hands in the airs. And I'm believe in my faith that not only right now but people in the VODs that are watching in the future and people that are watching on YouTube are accepting Jesus Christ every single time that they are watching it and uh, Winkari, we're going to give it to you man Amen, amen. I just want to say congratulations if you're one of the people in the chat saying yes, or maybe you're someone watching uh, in the future on our VOD or YouTube channel. It is the biggest decision you've ever made in, in your entire life, believe you me. And we want to connect with you. We want to take you to the next level. If you just gave your life to Christ or maybe uh, rededicated your life to Christ, someone just put the next level command in the chat. And think of it this way. It's like you just entered the game but you're level one, so you need to level up. That's what we're here for. We want to come alongside you as a church to help you grow in faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. So make sure you click on that link, that next level link. Give us information so we can connect with you and take your faith to the next level. Congratulations to everyone.